Hello again and welcome to The Vinyl Crawl, your weekly podcast about beer and vinyl. I'm your host, Alan Miller. So got a great episode coming up for you. I went to Louisville, Kentucky to the Haymarket Whiskey Bar. They also serve beer, but they have a huge selection of whiskeys. Uh, I talked to a guy named Paul Wilden, who's one of my friends from Essex, about a band we both love, Blur. The album of choice this time was Park Live. Uh, and we also just got into all kinds of crazy stuff in the chat, and he's hilarious. I think it went over really well. I hope to do a lot more of these on-site deals kind of like this one. Uh, but also, I want to talk about our sponsor again, Bull Moose, who are a brick-and-mortar as well as online record shop. Uh, their website is bullmoose, B-U-L-L-M-O-O-S-E dot com, and their Twitter is at bullmoose. It looks like right now on their Twitter page, they're really pushing the new Wilco album that's about to come out uh, in September called Schmilco. I think everybody's pretty excited about that one. And it looks like they're actually going to have it on pink and black vinyl for 1997, which is a steal for new vinyl these days. So definitely check them out, maybe pre-order it from them. Uh, like I said, they're a great shop and we really appreciate them uh, sponsoring the podcast this season. So I hope you enjoy these on-site recordings. We've got a few more coming up, and uh, enjoy my talk with Paul. can't hear you. You're too far away. Right. So I'm going to move that a little bit. I'm going to move that here. There we go. Out. But that's a uh, that's actually a good good segue, I think, into um, the Blur album we're talking the about. The Blur. Yeah, when you're talking about, uh, about house music, club music, because they kind of crossed over into that scene a little bit. They did, but that was, that was I think, what made Gibbs Blur its longevity was their, every album is different. Yeah. And their ability to adapt and try new things. Um, it's like Radiohead was another one who could do that. But that's why I think Blur has lasted so long. And even like kicking out the guitarist because he was like a drunk waste case. Yeah. Um, Sadly. I mean, that was a bad time, but like he's, he's back because it was. This wasn't just rock and roll. This wasn't just, you know, yeah. the journey of youthful self destruction. It was. These poor guys were kids. They were kids getting into this this whole roller coaster, you know. So. Yeah, I think that happens with like a lot of a lot of bands, though. You know. Drugs and alcohol. Drugs and alcohol. When that sort of thing happens. I know the the drummer of Blur was uh, he was a raging alky for a long time as well, yeah. and he, he like he still doesn't drink. And uh, Alex James, a bassist, a huge history of drinking drugs. It, I mean, it goes hand in hand. I think you know, in some people, it releases a creative process. Right. And it is self-destructive. The 27 Club's a great example of that. You might end up as a homeless person. Or you might end up as... Blur. You might. Did you ever listen to uh, to Graham Coxon's solo work? I do. It got really dark, man. A couple of that sky is high, yeah. the sky is too high, or something like that. That was a really dark... Poor guy really got into alcohol bad. What was the... Well, I remember his first stuff he released, and it was, it was funny because it was so simplistic yeah it's just him and acoustic him singing with an acoustic and that's about it but he couldn't sing for shit which was the funniest yeah but then his latest stuff i got i can't remember the golden d yeah that album's pretty much like industrial metal 
Oh wow. I was like, it blasts. I don't think I've heard that one. I need to give that a listen. Eh, give it a miss. <laughs> oh yeah. It's it's interesting as an art, but in terms of like music, it's pretty out there. But I think, you know, that's that was one of his later ones when he was, you know, in recovery and all that, but it's yeah. I think that again, as an individual, that's his evolution. Whereas Blur as a whole, their evolution has been from you take you take early stuff, even Park Life is about as poppy as I get and really enjoy it. Um, but then you say like 13, you, you completely different, completely. Self-titled and 13 are both, and then even further into the spectrum is the Think Tank, which the is- Think Tank, I know. It's an incredible album. Yeah. But Graham's not on there. It's mostly Indian music, Arabic, Indians, sort of thing. Yeah. But that's the thing, you put um, Think Tank next to like Leisure, or Leisure. Yeah. How, how do you reconcile that? Like, there's I know, two different bands. That is two different bands. Yeah. But that, that's what they do well, is the evolution of the music that they make. So, well, first of all, you like the beer, you like the IPA we're drinking? It's, it's a, all right. Yeah, the Monic. Monic IPA. Yeah, Monic is a local place. It's a, There is a bar, but they brew their own. Yeah. Um, I am not into American beers. And I don't mean your Bud Light yeah. shite crap. You mean like American craft beer? Craft beers. My experience of this is how you do American craft beer. Yeah. You grow a beard. Yeah, that's you, true. Then you get a full sleeve. <laughs> then you put on a flannel shirt. And then you make a beer, but you have to keep saying more hops. More, more hops. hops. Yeah, as much hops as you can as get. As much hops. And I think it's just the American nature. Everything's got to be bigger. So therefore, more hops. No, I think you, you raise a very valid point. We put way too much hops in our beer. For and me, I know it's down to taste, but for me, it's too much. It took me a long time to enjoy hoppy beer because Jesus Christ, it's so bitter. Yeah. And like it just it drains hang, all the moisture out. It hangs on your palate. Yeah. And you take, you know, my beer before getting into craft beer was like Polliner and things like that, which are generally sweeter, yeah. have more robust flavor. Like they, they have a better mouthfeel to it than, than like what, And that's beer. the difference. I think it doesn't take a beard and a flannel shirt to make True. beer. But I think a lot of people are associating it with that. That's how you go about it. I'm yeah. not dissing anyone who's got a beard and a full sleeve. No, of but, course not. Um, you wouldn't want to diss our whole listener base. Oh, is that everyone? <laughs> you all look the same. It's <laughs> um, all be individual together. No, but it all is the that. English says fuck everyone with the flannel shirt and the beard. Fuck you all, you flannel shirt wearing fucks. Have you got any ironic tattoos? Oh, God. Uh, no offense, anyone. Um, but Monic was the first place. It opened, I went down there, and they do an English IPA. I think they call it St. George. And it's it's really good. It could stand up in any 400-year-old pub in England. I was like, I ain't, beer is beer. I like beer because yeah, it gets yeah. me drunk. But this stuff, I was like, I could sit here and you know on a Sunday and drink this and then go home. You know, it's... I'll be honest, man. This is a pretty tame IPA. It's not too heavy. It's not too heavy. This is um, a touch dry for me, but I like this beer. Yeah, I, I think I think it's solid. I think I, um, you know, have you ever had West Six IPA? Yeah, that's kind of always my go-to IPA, just because it's local, really. Um, <laughs> because you like local. Yeah, I we mean, do local <laughs> things. <laughs> I mean, I do. I do things from everywhere, but I like West Six because I can always find it everywhere, you and I know hit it's the not. Fuck. 
It's not Bud Light, man. No, like, that is. When I'm out in the shoes between beer and I see Bud Miller on tap, I go with West Six if it's there. Yeah, oh yeah, you absolutely take any. I'll drink any of these like over hopped beers over anything that's shite. Yeah. But, um, I, yeah, I think there's too much emphasis on hops. I think there's too much emphasis on like bold flavor as a. Do you it. think even shit beer in England is better than like craft beer in the U.S.? No, see, this is another weird thing. A lot of people presume that it used to be you drink a pint of ale down the pub. Yeah. I'm from Essex, and we are lager louts. Our drinks were Stella Artois, Foster's, Carlsberg, and these are all piss lagers. But the point is, is because of the weird old licensing laws, pubs used yeah. to shut at 11. So you'd go down the pub after work at like 7 o'clock, You'd, I've got 50 quid in my pocket yeah. I've got four hours to spend 50 quid and get as fucked up as I can and that is the drinking culture and then they close it like they used they, to close early right? they closed at 11 they yeah, used 11. to but that was the funny thing because they introduced 24 hour drinking laws so that was a big thing Yeah. and the plan was to stop the binge drinking because like the NHS the hospitals get filled up with like hurt drunk people on Friday yeah. and Saturday night Right. so they made 24 hour drinking but all it did was everyone still went out at seven o'clock and got as fucked up as they could yeah. by 11, but then they didn't have to go home. Yeah. So they stay out and get more fucked up. It was hilarious. Yeah. So instead of just getting shitty, they were getting plastered. They were getting like destroyed. And yeah, yeah it, was, it was funny. Most pubs now have evened out. They'll shut at like one, two. Well, that's fair. I mean, that's yeah, that's reasonable. It's kind of why that's a reasonable time to... Yeah. <laughs> So when you were when you were growing up, uh, when did you get into Blur? Or was it just always something that was like a known quantity? No, that was the weird thing. Is I I got into music when I was sixteen, which was nineteen. Uh, I mean, like two thousand. Yeah, right. Two thousand two, yeah. right? Yeah. No, nineteen ninety four. I was sixteen. Uh, I just left school. Um, in Essex. In Essex, yeah. and. That was, I remember it was uh, Smashing Pumpkins had just released Melancholy. Oh, yeah. And. Big album. I used to fancy the shit out of Darcy, the bassist. <laughs> I still do. Well, I, tell I think her, every teenage boy did. She is hot. She couldn't play the bass for shit, apparently, but. Yeah. Um, like, I remember that Bullet with Butterfly Wings blew my mind. I needed that album. But before then, during school, I was into hardcore rave, which is kind of like jungle. Um, Blur was around. Yeah. And I was aware of them. Same with like Nirvana. There were kids in my school. We were like, we used to call them the Grebos. This is for you know grew up, but they were like the weird kids who you know gothics and all of that. And yeah. But it was there, and it was big. Britpop was big. I remember the like Blur versus Oasis stuff. That. Do you remember the? Were you, you might have been a little too young for it, but the transition between like Stone Roses into... No, that was again the thing. It was stuff like the Stone Roses is where it was there because there was... Stone Roses managed to attach themselves and I don't know how they did it or if they wanted to, but they attached themselves to rave culture. Yeah. Which was what somehow. this hardcore rave As a psychedelic was. band, somehow they attached yeah. themselves to rave culture. Um, but I, I remember before I was into music, things like Spiral Carpets... Yeah. Um, yeah, they were good though. Yeah, they were good, and like but it was stuff. like uh, I think it was Noel was a roadie for them from oh, Oasis yeah. and stuff. So it was all kind of linked in. But the Stone Roses were there. That indie scene 
from the late 80s. I was definitely too young to be into music in a serious way. Yeah. But with stuff like um, Ned's Atomic Dustbin yeah. and Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine. And they'd be on TV, so it was it was very much in the psyche of the masses. So were you still getting like new Top of the Pops and stuff when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah Top yeah. of the Pops was a, uh, a bastard. Seven o'clock every Thursday, there was your show, half hour long, and it'd have all the top 40 bands on it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean that... I mean, I think Blur might have broke out on there with like when they were doing There's No Other Way. Well, that was the funny thing. I remember, I remember seeing they had a big Blur release Country House and Oasis released Roll With It and they were being released on a Monday yeah, that which was the, was the one, same yeah. thing and they were both set to appear on top of the pops and it was like who's going to be number one and it turned out to be Blur which is funny because Country House is a shite song yeah it's like rubbish yeah and Roll With It is also pretty shite I would take Roll With It I would take Roll House, With It yeah. I prefer Blur I'm a bigger Blur fan than my Oasis but well, to be fair, we have more source material with Blur than we do with Oasis. This is we really true. only have like a couple albums with Oasis. The, yeah, this is true. The first two, the yeah. good ones. Yeah. But, but the point being is, it was there. It wasn't like only for music people, only for aficionados. You were like, it was forced upon you. If you watched Top of the Pops, it was in the press. It was, yeah. I feel like the press really hyped up that thing the, the whole Blur Oasis thing they did. to it was, like a fever pitch it was the NME who started it yeah well and like the guys in the band didn't, they didn't hurt it at all either like well no I've you seen know, Damon and, and Liam and Noel were all you know shit talking each other in the press too but that's the funny thing it was like I've seen documentaries and interviews of them all since and they're all like what the hell were we doing yeah. they're kids man they, they're well kids. they were because it used to be Blur versus Suede and this was in oh, about suede, yeah. 92, 93 yeah. because Brett Anderson, the lead singer of Suede, used to go with Justine Frischman. Right, from Elastica, right? From Elastica, yeah. who then became or ended up as going out with Damon. Right. Um, but then Suede were always left wing. They were a little bit fringy. Yeah. And so when Oasis came along, they'd done like two songs and like, we're the greatest band in the world. <laughs> it was like, all right, but <laughs> the NME and... I used to read it religiously, but it just used to annoy the fuck out of me yeah. every week. And I'm going to say this, I'm glad this will be on digital file forever. Yeah. But the enemy once had Avril Lavigne on the fucking cover. This was like not long after I stopped reading them, but the next week there was someone wrote in and said, why the fuck have you got Avril Lavigne on the cover? And they put, just you wait and see, she's going to be huge. And it's like, yeah, well, we're still fucking waiting, enemy. Because <laughs> she married Chad Kroger. Yeah, really. that's true. <laughs> in all fairness, she did kind of get huge, just not in a good way. Not musically. Yeah, I mean, no, God's sake. I mean, you would expect them NME to have yeah have better stuff. Disgracing. All right, Matt Ray. How you doing, mate? More cheers moments for Paul. Yeah. Going to a place where everybody knows. I've his got name. a great story about him. Let's tell it. You put it on podcasts. All right then. Um, he was uh, one of my good friends, Matt Ray. Uh, after the bar closed one evening, we stopped out for a, one more drink. Yeah. Um, basically, ended up him trying to piss in my wife's car, me throwing him out in the middle of Indiana, and making his girlfriend come and get get him. Oh, you took him to Jeffersonville, right? Uh, where did he end up? Uh, no. Was that across the border? Or New yeah, Albany, Jeff's, maybe? Yeah, it was New Albany. There yeah. you go. 
put them on the shit side of town. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was that was quite a night. New Albany. It's Louisville without any charm. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, jeez, I didn't even say what the fucking album was we were talking about. We're talking about the, the Park, Park Live. Live. The one that sh- they should have on vinyl. They should have it on vinyl. It's a pretty monumental album yes. just because of the London Olympics and the fact that this concert closed the London Olympics. It was it was the end of the Olympics. Yeah. Um, they do a series of concerts in London in Hyde Park, which is a massive green space area in central London. Um, and they've done a few now. And they'll have such bands as like Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. But interestingly, I, that was a long time ago, but I remember they had um, Chicks on Speed in St. Paul, which was like bizarre. But a lot of uh, people who aren't necessarily into music will go to these things because they're it's seminal. It's a great day out. Buy yeah. a ticket, you go out. I don't know how many people it is, but it's, you know, many thousands. Right. Um, but so they do a series of concerts, and this one ha- happens to be Blur. Which, well, I mean, not only just happens to be Blur, Blur, you know, we're, we're still mending their fences and getting yeah. back together, you know. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, they toured yeah. in 09. That's right. And then they hadn't really done anything since 2012, or since 09, since they got back together. It, it was a great reminder. Right. It was a great reminder that Blur are still really, really good. Because that's the thing, as good as their studio albums are, their fucking live show is, it's insane. I say, yeah, I've only ever seen Blur once. I saw them in 97 when they released uh, self-titles. <laughs> you saw them on the heroin years. <laughs> yeah, when Beetlebum and Song yeah. 2 and everything like that was... But that was that was a good concert. I mean, it, uh, they were a fantastic live band. Yeah. Um, great energy, and from what I remember, because I was wasted. I wasn't on drugs, Mum. <laughs> um, you think your mom's going to be sub- subscribing to this podcast? Oh, my mum, yeah, she loves okay. a bit of a... Right on. She loves a bit of podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> big into vinyl and podcasts. Oh, my mum and vinyl. Yeah, Such a big craft beer fan. Yeah. What's her favorite craft beer, Paul? Which one's she into? Is she more into hops or... Oh, she's a, she's a recovered alcoholic, but thanks for bringing that up, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mum. <laughs> oh, you must feel terrible. You're well out of all that. That's it, it's over. It's over. No, she, uh, yeah. Where was it? I was at the Brixton Academy. It was a great venue, sloped floor. But it was, they were supported, they would, they'd put out the self-titled, but they yeah. did a lot of, they drew on all their good songs. Yeah. And they did the out, they did the self-titled, and they did song two as their, like, closer. Um, but shit like Beetle Bum, you can't compare that to Park, like, Park Life, the album. No, not at you all. You just can't. Not at all, and you know, as a teenager, I loved, you know, Coffee and TV, Beetle Bum, Song 2, all that sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know that I ever heard Modern Life is Rubbish until later on in life. No, I've got to admit, my first... What was the third album? Was that Great Escape? Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's, there's Leisure, Leisure, whatever you want to call it. Modern Life Leisure. is Rubbish, um, Great Escape, Park Life. That's it. Great yeah. Escape was the one that I was first aware of. I think that's the last in the grip pop. That I, I agree. I think that's the third one. Because I, I, right. I think Park Life is in the middle. Isn't that right? Yeah, Park Life was. It's in the middle of rubbish and and uh, Great Escape, I believe. 
No, Powerpuff is the fourth one. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. So it's the last one of the trilogy. It's the last of. one, but that was the thing, because that is why I think it's the most poppy. Yeah. The other ones were certainly more indie, because indie obviously used to be indie label before yeah. it became a genre. And they were on food, which was yeah, like... Yeah, food, yeah. I mean, nobody really knew them other than Blur. No. They were a subsidiary of somebody. But that, that was it. I think it was EMI. Was it EMI? I think it was. But yeah, and that was it. And Park Life was the most poppy album. But that was also their biggest. That was the one that made Blur. Like, if you've heard of Blur, it's Park Life has definitely had a Well, that's, that's funny you say that. I think it's, a, if you're from the UK and you've heard of Blur, Park Life might be the one. Ah, but over here it's a self-title. But over here it's Song 2. Song 2, yeah. I, I'd, never, I'd never heard of Blur until Song 2. And yeah. I was hip to the music scene. I was all yeah, into yeah. alt-rock grunge. But that's why. That was their first like alt-rock album, like their grungier album. The ones before it were more like Britpop, indie, that sort of thing. We didn't have Britpop here at yeah. all. Yeah. I think Oasis broke here a lot harder than Blur did as well. Because I remember I had a copy of Live Forever. I think that was, or definitely Mabel. Maybe that was the first one, right? Definitely yeah, definitely maybe. maybe first one. I had a copy of Definitely Maybe, and I had a copy of What's the, What's the Story. Yeah. And everybody here that I knew knew those, but nobody had any Blur albums. Well, that was funny, because I remember hearing a quote from Damon Albarn. Was, he said, the only thing that us and Oasis have in common is we're both doing terrible in America. But I don't think that's true. No, the irony was, was I think Blur sold 100,000 records in Parklife, yeah. and Oasis was selling that a week of what's the story dude morning glory was huge i i mean i can't even put into words how big that album it's a fantastic was. album it he's is he's put it on press it play. was single after single after single yeah. like every every track but and I, i'm sad now that i didn't have blur in my life then because i i love modern life is rubbish i love great escape i love park life i love all those albums so much now yeah i didn't have them then I'm still a bit dry on the early albums, I must admit. Um, I don't think they're bad, and I really do enjoy them. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's have that turntable deal. Yeah, we'll try that one out. We're going to try a Great Lakes turntable. Do you want one? Yeah, I'll go with one of them. All right. We'll do two beers on this podcast. We are just crazy cats. It's just insane. <laughs> I'll tell you, mate. <laughs> and then we'll do heroin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, that, no, that's the heroin crawl. That's my, my oh. sister podcast. Oh, the gotcha. vinyl crawl, yeah. I say my goodbye. That's where we do heroin. We crawl across the sidewalk. Yeah. That's what we do on that one. Can I grab one of them as well? Thank you, Eric. You sure you want one of these? I don't know if it's hoppy or not. <laughs> it's your podcast, mate. <laughs> I can't know. But I don't know, I have no idea what this is. I do worry about these, like hips the name and shit. Cheers, mate. No, this is pretty light, man. It's not bad at all. Let's have a go. It's not, I mean, it's not light. It's pretty light, though. It's not bad. Pretty yeah. fruity. Yeah, definitely. We probably should have started with that one. It's just beer. Yeah. It's, just beer it's, got a, beer. it's got a heavy beer flavor to it. The beer sits on the palate. The, the beer <laughs> flavor. They added a little extra beer to this one, right? Come on, Adam. We're trying to be pretentious I here. know. So yeah, my beard's coming in. I see yours is coming in nicely. It I know, seems I like, like after the first pint, the beard starts filling out a little bit more. But I look like a homeless man. Oh, come on. I do. <laughs> well, you did say you got accused of... I did homeless. the other day. I was accused of being homeless. I was like, thank you very much. Can I have a dollar? I was like, no. <laughs> Move on. 
did you get your dollar? I did not get my dollar. I'm going to shave. <laughs> that's, just, that's, just, that way, that's your problem. You didn't lead with that. Yeah. Give me a dollar, I'll shave. Give me a dollar, I'll shave. Yeah. I need it's, it's, it's your own little private dollar shave club. It's when patrons give you a dollar and you shave. Sponsorship sh- shave. That's yeah. a, it would be an odd fetish, wouldn't it? To that pay would... people to shave. It's probably something online. You know I, there's everything I would, online. I would imagine it probably is. Someone's going to be looking for like a proper beard fetish and they're going to come across this podcast. Come across a blur <laughs> podcast and then it's going to get looped back to Damon somehow. As he's yeah. some kind of shaving We're just going to put people on to blur. Yeah, for sure. Blur and, and shaving fetish. And shaving fetishes. Yeah, nice so, one. So you're still kind of lukewarm to the to the three Brit pop albums the blur yeah it's not um that seems odd to me it seems like you'd be like all over those albums just knowing you a little bit that i do i feel like yeah i think it, i think what it was was like i said it was park life was the big one and so that was the one that was easily accessible but i used to collect blur singles on cd right yeah um and then I moved to America, and then my dad got rid of them all. Thanks, oh, Dad. Jesus Christ. I wonder Mum drank. Um, <laughs> but that was an easier way to work backwards to get into them, but the albums themselves, I remember like listening to them, and it was... So Pop Scene must have been your jam. When pop Scene is a jam. I will play that out when I DJ. Yeah. I will definitely. Um, I've got a few on vinyl now from the earlier ones. Yeah. But uh, There's No Other Way is another one that I'm happy to spin all the time. But it's really, that's that's one of the only high points on Leisure, Leisure is There's No Other Way, right? Like, Yeah. Are there any other high points on that one that is Sing on that album? The song Sing? I think it is. It's one is it? they always play live. It's kind of like a build-up anthemic thing. I want to think that it's on that first I can't bloody too. remember. But there's not much on there, really. There's not, but it is. It's, well, that was the thing. It was always, you know, you put it on or you're in your car, it's on. Yeah. But I was never like, holy fuck, this is blowing my fucking socks off. Yeah. But Park Life, like I said, it was as poppy as as poppy as I can get, really, and enjoy. Um, but even there, on there, there's songs I think, eh. Do you still think Country House is shit, though? Country House was a load of old shit. It was a great music video. Add some like, uh, it's like a Benny Hill kind of thing. Yeah, Benny Hill with yeah. glamour models and just fucking around. But I mean, that was the that was the height of the drink and the drugs. It was uh, True. for sure. And it was fine. And they did two versions. Merge just came. Well, that's perfect. They um, did that. He had to have done that. He probably did. They had. They released two versions of you know single one and single two of country house and i bought them both and what was the difference between the two singles oh uh, you know different cover and then different like, so the songs were the same just like different packaging kind of yeah thing? different packaging and then the, the you know on a cd you got three songs oh, okay. cd single and so the other two songs were different but they were uh musically they were very accomplished but you could tell that they were definitely they could do what they wanted one of the songs I, I remember it was uh, some sort of redneck type. <laughs> on which one? On on the country like, house. On the B side, the country house. Yeah, CD single. I'm trying to think of what it would have been. That's a redneck song. It was a song about rednecks, but it was I think it was Alex James singing, and it was <laughs> like this is 
fucking shite. <laughs> but they could do what they wanted because park life was huge. It oh, really yeah, at that, at that time, Jesus, they were untouchable. But, like, so I think, I think it's kind of... Um, I wonder if the, some of the reason why I'm maybe a bigger fan of the early albums than you are is it's more of like I don't know what the right word is but it's something that's not familiar to me whatsoever like the things they're singing about in those songs are a little exotic I guess yeah me. no that makes that makes absolute like, sense I don't know what a Westway is I don't know what the, I don't know what he's talking about I don't when he's talking about hanging on to the rails I don't know what he's talking about I do I've done that and you know everything <laughs> like you know all these things that's the A40 Right, so <laughs> I think maybe that might be why it, it triggers a little bit more with me because it, it seems maybe a little bit more interesting because he's kind of just singing about everyday life. Uh, yeah, that was a, that was the good thing with that early. I'm going to call it like pre Britpop when it was going from the indie labeled stuff. Yeah. Um, before Britpop really exploded, and you know Sleeper and all, all of the, you know all of that lot, it was. That was the thing that made it good. It was real life. Um, yeah. But I think that's what also helped Park Life get into the mentality of the masses, along with that stupid press, you know, rivalries and stuff. But it's like I've got uh, two brothers, and they both know, neither of them are into music. I am disgusted by their music taste, but both of them know <laughs> Park Life. Yeah, and I mean, do you have any friends that don't? No park life at all. I, I mean, couldn't. No, it's just it's second nature, right? Like yeah, pretty. It, it, you know, it's a it's a cultural marker for sure. I almost feel like the blur with you guys over there was the same effect as Nirvana with us over here, to where it became such like an institution that it was impossible for anybody not to know at least three or four songs of it. Yeah, they'd recognize it easily. Yeah, I know what you mean. But the only difference was Damon Albarn's wife didn't kill him, <laughs> allegedly. Oh, we're, this is the uh, you're listening to the dark cast. It's a yeah, oh, podcast of all dark material. <laughs> That's all we talk about is. So she's got more money, allegedly. Allegedly, would you? Do you feel like maybe Elbow is kind of taking a place of blur now as like Britain's not well, Britain's not, band? Not from my perspective, because Elbow were one of those. I know very little about them. They were, they were there. Yeah, but it, it was a. It was a fantastic time to be into music because anything went. It was from a you spiritualized 808 state. Yeah. Uh, you had even like the weird stuff like Republica. You yeah, know, they had a little little place there too. Yeah, they, I mean they do fantastic at baseball stadiums back in the nineties. I understood, but it was like it was all this new fresh energy was coming out and. You know, Call Britannia was a term that was thrown around and, you know, it's stupid and yeah. means nothing. But it hasn't really held the test of time. No. no. <laughs> but again, there was bands who, like, who didn't make it, like Cooler Shaper. <laughs> they didn't make it. No, they, they were, you know, they were huge. And I, I enjoyed uh, K, their album. But I listened to it recently. I'm like, oh, this is dated. It you was, know what's not dated, though, is fucking Paul. Yeah, but again, that was the thing. Pulp was one of those bands. Like, Jarvis Cocker was 30 when Britpop really took off. He'd been, like, Pulp had been going for, like, 12 years or something. Yeah. Like, small band from Sheffield doing a local thing. They had, like, six albums out, and then it became cool to be into that. 
Anyway, I don't get me wrong. It's not that they were they're bad or people who were into it were just it was a fashion thing. But it allowed them to be discovered. Well, fashion had a little bit to do with it, though. Fashion right? absolutely did. It, it it was a movement. It was the whole thing. Britpop is not just a genre of music. It was a time. It was a it was art. It was everything. Damien Hirst. Uh, yeah. And Tracy Emin were coming about, and it, it was kind of kids trying to take over from the yeah. Thatcher era of Britain, and, uh, yeah, uh, and yeah. make it their own instead of what their parents had, right? Well, yeah, I think Thatcher was out in like '91. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it was a breeding ground, and it was a hotbed, and it was huge. It was huge. It was a fantastic thing. But the the standout marker of that was Park Life, the album. That's like. That's where it peaks, right? Yeah, it's you say Britpop, people go park rock. I was in uh, this bar DJing last Friday, and I bumped into a couple from England doing a tour of America, and they weren't into music. I mean, they're real nice people, but they weren't into music. And I said, after getting drunk with them for a bit, I was like, yeah. I've got to go and DJ, because I'm supposed to be DJing. And they were like, what do you do? And I said, well, I do like Britpop and stuff like that. And they were like, play Blur. They were play Blur. Uh, I did, and they loved it. And then I played some charlatans, and they were like, "I really like that Arctic Monkeys song you played." And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know. But they knew who Blur was. Yeah. So, well, you'd be hard pressed to find a Brit that didn't know who Blur was. You would be, I think. Yeah. Most people, I still think most people in the states don't really know who Blur are. I think they're kind of seen as a one-hit wonder over here. I think they were, but I don't think the, the self-titled album would be a bad place to start. No, it's if you're into like grunge and things like that, it's it's the perfect gateway into it. Like, There's a couple of songs on there which are full on, like M.O.R. Yeah. That's, that's you know, you could slip that into a metal night. It, it's hard. It's hard. And, um, and uh, Bugman, is Bugman on that? On the uh, self-titled, or is that on the one after? No, I think that's on the one after. 13, yeah. Yeah. But again, the transition from that to 13. Yeah. It's like, what? It's too different. It's just bands. really dark. Like, they, they went to a really, like, heavy and dark place with those two albums. Especially, like, looking at... If you could look up from Park Life to that, like, I can just imagine what their fans, how horrified their 13-year-old girl fans were. I know, kind of transition. <laughs> but that's the fantastic thing with Blur is... It isn't horrifying because a great example of this is Green Day yeah um, Dookie came out when I was a punk rock teenager yeah right and right. it was a fantastic album yeah. and then everything still after a fantastic album. it's still a fantastic but everything after that I wasn't really into but then I'd speak to a teenager and it would be like Nimrod they'd go Nimrod's fantastic and it was like it speaks of the time for the teenager yeah. So, like, Dookie was my teenage album. But when I was in my 20s, it's not that any of the other stuff is bad. It's just it didn't speak to me like that did. Um, and I think someone like Blur was musically so well accomplished by the self-titled, then 13, and then stuff like Think Tank was it's musically fantastic. Um, not commercially, not so fantastic. Not, but, no, but musically no, fantastic. Yeah, but in, in terms of their ability to uh, put a song together, yeah, all of it's like really good. And so. then when like when Gorillaz hit it, was that was in game. Like Gorillaz is, is so good. 
Gorillaz yeah. was one, yeah. I was always a bit standoffish with them, but the music was so good. And I get the art value in having like this comically created thing, but I was a huge fan of Tank Girl, like huge. Tank Girl? Tank Girl, yeah. who like, Jamie Hewitt did. Right. Uh, Tank Girl, who, who then like he went on to do the Gorillas or so. And I was like, oh, weird concept, you know. It's like I just want to see. How do you go see them live? Yeah. And it, you'd see, you know, there'd be a screen up, so you wouldn't see them. But yeah, then. Yeah. So what are you watching when you're? Exactly. But why am I paying to see animation when I can watch that at home? It's a great thirty quid. <laughs> I just spent thirty quid to look at a screen. Um, but the music was so good because that was obviously the free-for-all of like anyone can jump in and yeah and it's light years from blur too like they're and it's light years from blur but, but what i was getting at is we were talking about you being into like house and, and stuff like that when you were younger and the rave scene girls and boys we haven't talked about that yet yeah like that's the bridge between that scene into the Britpop scene right absolutely but again that was a fantastic piece of social commentary right. um my eldest brother was he's a he was a lad he still is a lad he's a twat but he's a <laughs> him and his friends used to go on holiday or vacation to the greek islands and all they'd do is drink till he's sick and try and fuck ugly orange women and that's what that song's about yeah 100 percent. and i'm not talking it was like a small thing that went on there was like travel companies set up they're called club 1830 you had to be between 18 and 30 to go on it yeah and all it was about was exactly what girls and boys a single was about see that's amazing this is a whole underbelly of things that i have no idea about most americans don't have any idea about that well that's it's not a thing here no because the greek islands are miles away (laughs) you might go for the history but yeah uh, a lot of the populace went just to shag shag and drink till you were sick um and yeah, well, if you want to learn about it, listen to Girls and Boys. It's as simple as that. Which is why it didn't, it couldn't catch here. There was no way for it to catch here. Yeah. And that's kind of what I think is beautiful about Blur is the fact that they didn't give two fucks about whether it caught here or not. They they were singing to their populace, and that's that. No, but that's that's the funny thing was I know Blur was a reasonably well educated, like university educated yeah. group of lads, but. Um, I've always had a thing with the middle class trying to appropriate working class right. sensibilities. But when it took someone with an education to like really take us, you know, here's a slice of life. Um, and they did it. And like I said, they did it perfectly. You want to know what it was like in Britain in 1994? Listen to Girls and Boys. That's what the youth were doing. You know, not the, uh, you know, your kids in the music or your metalers or any of that, but your yeah. like, average working class townie, as we would call them. Uh, that's what they were doing. It's And Country House is a bit of a parody of that as well, right? Of, of the middle yeah. class. Again, it, it was that tiny, yeah, tiny in. I, got, I mean, it's always been a little bit of resentment. I was, I was definitely working class, born and bred. I'm very middle class now. I'm well aware of that. Yeah. But I didn't like the, the the idea of great line in Barton think you're a tourist with a typewriter and I have to live here. Yeah. And I never really liked that, but in terms of observation, it, it was spot on. 
But whereas Oasis were you like working class lads. Yeah. Just fight and fuck and that's it. Right, and they weren't they also weren't poking as much fun at it. They that's weren't exactly yeah. You know, they weren't talking about taking a handful of pills and living out in the country and that sort of thing like Blur was. I don't know, I think cigarettes and alcohol for the song. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I think that's the good good thing with Park Life in its entirety is a, is a great uh, it's a great reflection on what was going on at the time and that's why it's probably it never did well over here yeah. was the accessibility wasn't there yeah I mean even I can just speak for myself listen to it I enjoy it more I enjoy the wordplay in it because there's a lot of really interesting wordplay that Damon does and there's a lot of yeah. sardonic shit that he does too that's that's really good where you can tell when he's like you know poking fun at, at different situations and he'll sing them in different affectations when he yeah, wants yeah, to poke fun at it as you do as a Brit but musically they're also solid fucking albums man Graham Coxon's guitar playing Graham Coxon uh, guitar, as a guitarist he's like fucking out there and just, even we could talk about Beetlebum for a day just about how amazing easily. that guitar is where the hell did you come where do you get that from I, I have no idea I have no idea but it was even like someone like Alex James who's like the fop haired bassist it was you know he could he could hold it Jesus. together Tracy Jacks yeah. has some of the best bass playing in it of any song of that era. Yeah, like it has a great bass line to it. Yeah, it, it's it, it worked. You know, they were just they were a solid band. They definitely, and I think are. that's maybe what's propelled them past like somebody like Suede, who is kind of gets forgot in the whole movement. Whereas we still talk about Blur because their songs and their musicianship was so good. I think that's the thing though. Is it's. Exactly. There's, there's plenty of bands. There's always going to be bands, but it's d- d- depending on what you're trying to say and do, and you've got to evolve a bit. If you, to be art, you know, yeah. we, we have pop music, which is we'll take anything. There was there was a jungle scene. There was house music scene. Yeah. You know, there was a, a metal scene as such. But all of that gets broken down into subgenres, right? Because of artistic ability to make it art. There's a there is a difference. And this was a seminal British, very British. That's a key thing with it. Um, piece of art. It, yeah, art, art's a good word. Art's yeah. a great word for it. I think those, I think those three albums: Great Escape, Park Life, Modern Life is rubbish. Jesus, I just realised though, I've had a couple of beers. I'm getting all pretentious on us. It's art, man. It really I better is. I drink though. some more. <laughs> Dude, I'll back you up on that. It is. It's art. It really is. It, yeah, it really is. But it's in this simple, like the, the, the songs themselves are in its simplest, simplest form. Like you said, it's uh, poking fun, uh, great wordplay. Uh, yeah, like there's some really, there's some great tracks. I think modern, honestly, with wordplay and with the Brit- British experience, I think if you went back and listened to Modern Life is Rubbish all the way through, that's the one that really sums up life in Britain to me. But that, yeah, but that was the thing, I would say leisure as well, though. You think so? Not leisure, leisure. But it was, it was a dry album. I think it's as as you put it on, press play, leave it to play. Yeah. It at the time, I think that was '92, and it it was as dry as the landscape. It kind of summed yeah. it up. But that was the thing. Two years later, there was this fuck off explosion of 
And he did get eventually get pegged as Cool Britannia, which is a horrible term. See, but, I just always yeah. felt Leisure was kind of milking that Stone Roses thing, where it's like the psychedelic, swirly... Yeah, yeah but it know, didn't have the character of the Stone Roses. It's true. It's very true. All, all of that more northern scene yeah. uh, had its own thing going on. And like I said, with Stone Roses getting linked into rave culture, so Stone Roses, I mean, they're just, you know, new song out, the, the longevity was already there, whereas Blur first three could be hit or miss but then by park life number four no way yeah this band's here forever so while you guys are listening to to Britpop and this it, it's not all overly happy but it's fairly optimistic music how did you reconcile that with like the grunge scene that was coming over from america that was so like down in the dirt and like no but that was the thing because uh there's always been an exotic uh, allure to america yeah and then when grunge music here and it was it was blatantly led by Nirvana right but it, but you had Soundgarden Pearl Jam Suntown Pilots all yeah, these exactly groups. all of them and it, it Nirvana was the one Nirvana gave the angry teenager their outlook we didn't have that I mean there were there was metal we still had like Iron Maiden things yeah. like that but oh, fuck, that's British too though yeah exactly but if we, get, if we get down to it nothing as dirty as like grunge was because uh Grunge music, it, it was punk rock again. Yeah. And then Nirvana. But like, how do you reconcile like mid '90s, hearing Park Life, and hearing In Utero? How do you reconcile that together? It, well, it's different times. I remember, uh, never mind Nirvana. Yeah. I remember my dad came up to my room and took the CD out of the player and walked downstairs <laughs> and threw it in the bin, <laughs> in the garbage. Because I'd been playing it, and I'd played it for like five hours straight, as loud as I fucking could. My dad was into music. Yeah. But he was Just like... not that music. Yeah, he was like, give it a rest. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, my dad was like, he didn't hate Nirvana, but he was yeah. like... But that I was mean, a... he didn't kill Kurt Cobain. <laughs> he didn't. His wife did. Allegedly. Which is your mother. That's weird. Uh, it's such a conspiracy. If my mother was Kurt Cobain, I would disown her too. <laughs> the plot there. Francis Bean. Well done. Allegedly. Um, yeah no grunge had the edge grunge had an edge that it was angry it was new it was fresh and it was like out of fucks to give yeah which made it good but then if you want more intelligent um, it was much later on but I got into Sonic Youth yeah okay uh, which is the same thing but shit like Teenage Riot that spoke to that was, that spoke to me I was like oh, it does take a teenage riot to get me out of bed and I don't really want to do anything and, but I want to do everything yeah. but that was so it that wasn't explains linked. how you reconcile those two together it wasn't linked but it was all part of it it was all part of my growing up so do you feel like the Britpop was kind of like the Britpop scene was a little more like safe and kitty and then like the grunge scene was a little more dark and and mysterious hmm let me think about that that's was there an edge to the Britpop scene at all or was it all just like the cool Britannia bullshit with Spice Girls and like no is I tell you what it is on some Union Jacks and there's a huge cultural difference um if you were into if you had long hair yeah if you wore a, uh, a tracksuit top like a I don't know what you call them over here yeah no tracksuit yeah tracksuit top and you were into blur you risk getting beat up um it's a real big cultural difference 
friend Matt asked me about this the other day. He watched Northern Solar movie. Yeah. And he was like, what's this? You know, like people wanting to fight all the time. And I'd forgotten about it because I've lived here for like seven years now. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's happen all the time. You're either fighting or you're getting your head kicked in. And it yeah. was that simple. So anyone who was into anything different than the mainstream was out there. They were your, your fringe kids, your weirdos. But your tracksuit and your short hair was the mainstream, right? I had hair like Brett Anderson. <laughs> uh, who? Brett Anderson. From Suede. Oh, okay. He had a big like side part in the cover oh, half yeah, his yeah, face. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that made me a target. But really? I didn't have it because of Brett Anderson. I didn't know at the time, but it was it was my backlash. But this was my like a teenage rebellion against, you know, get your hair cut short and you spike it a little bit. Oh yeah. And you listen to what's your barber and necklace, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, all of that. You listen to the chart music and you drive a Vauxhall Nova. And if you do anything other than that, you're a target. And so I remember all the like I said, the kids at school into Nirvana and things were called Grebos. They were like ostracized. They were their own little yeah. gang. And then people who were into Britpop were also called Grebos. Anything that was different. And you run the risk of getting a kick in. If you were out, if you were hanging about. So if you were into Blur Oasis, things like that, you run the risk of getting your ass kicked? Pre-park life. Pre-park life. Pre-park life. There it is, yeah. I remember I was uh, I got hardcore into the mod scene and I still view myself as a mod yeah um, and I have a parker and I, I get it it's part of a uniform and all of that but I remember I was up the town my local town and I was out on the piss with all my friends getting hammered and there was some like fucking dickhead woman and a like no neck meathead fella and she shouted at me, she went, oh, look at him, he fucking thinks he's Liam Gallagher. Ah. And it was like, well, no, because I was wearing this before Liam Gallagher, you'd even heard of him. Yeah. And I shouted her, you know, Liam Gallagher thinks he's me. <laughs> and then her old man came over to fight four of us. Didn't work out well for him. Yeah, no, I wouldn't think so. But it was, that's what I mean it was like some mouthy woman saw I was wearing a coat that was out of the norm and she she felt the right to shout at me see and you would think that by that time you know when did Quadrophenia come out in the 79 78 yeah, so you would think that enough time had passed from that sort of thing for the mod scene to be accepted and not such a no but this is the thing is because that's why I think that's the great wording of subculture this isn't culture this is subcultures these are your cultures within your cultures and so the the, the fringe kids um or even like sca- uh, skateboarders over here skateboarders yeah. can be persecuted like gutter punks true yeah um true. you know no one takes them seriously and it's you know you just a gutter punk and in the kid. 90s here it was more like the scar kids and stuff like yeah, that yeah you know? it's just the same sort of thing um but there is i think there's more uh physical violence <laughs> I was just going to say the difference is we didn't beat the shit out of them yeah it was it, you run so the risk that's so bizarre see I would think that it would be accepted I would think that like yeah they might not look like you but they would just go you know whatever and move on like I could see them saying like ah oh, I think he's Liam Gallagher and then moving on no no <laughs> <laughs> times have not changed I mean there's a there's a fantastic drinking culture in England but like I said it is you drink until you're sick 
and at like my age now I can go out and not expect any trouble but like when it's 20 yeah. oh yeah guaranteed you could pick a pub and if you wanted to fight that night you'd yeah. pick a certain pub um, and it, it honestly could be it could be your football team I don't know if you've heard we do like fighting each other over football yeah, yeah. Uh, or it could be like when I was a bit younger sort of 15 to 17 it could be because I had long hair it's, uh, do you miss that at all here? Do you miss like how edgy it can get? I miss uh, being 17. I'll tell you that. Yeah, for sure. Right, yeah. We all miss that. <laughs> but do you miss like how cagey it gets when you go out? Like, cause here you really don't get that. I mean, you can if you go to certain areas. Yeah. But for the no, most part, you don't really get that. It's different here, especially. I mean, this isn't New York or LA. This is Louisville. Yeah. Louisville. And so it's. It's it's. It's not the same. I'm 38. I'm not going to be fighting anyone. <laughs> I am too fat. And I am. I cannot be bothered. I'm even going to knock you out with one punch, or you're going to beat the crap out of me, <laughs> or someone's getting shot. Or someone's getting shot. Or yeah. someone's getting shot. Maybe but that's the difference. Everybody's packing here, and like nobody wants to fight because people are packing. All yeah, over. I don't want to fight. Yeah. Because I'm packing. No. Yeah. Um, you're not packing. No, but in terms of like. It is, it is it, honestly it really is different over here there's a lot more acceptance you may meet people you like and you may meet people you don't like you may have a fight we don't have a fucking pub scene here that's that's the one thing yeah. we don't we don't have a culture that is around the pub yeah at all no I think you know hipsters are probably the closest thing yeah um, and you have you have a lot of rockers and I don't mean like mods and rockers I mean people who are you know in a Alternative culture, yeah. Rocker co- uh, covers a broad spectrum of it, right. but um, no. In terms of 1994, growing up in Harlow, Newtown, in Essex, hearing Park Life, you, you cannot relate over here. But it's got to be the same way. If you were in Seattle, you're 16. Mm-hmm. It's 93. You heard Sonic Youth is playing at all ages venue. That, I mean, that's yeah, that's dynamite. You can't. You can't. Yeah, I mean, you know, we had we've had a little bit of that here recently. Well, and you know, I'm I'm from more towards Bowling Green. We've had a little bit of that with uh, with late '90s, early 2000s, with people like Casey Elephant, Sleeper Agent, yeah, bands yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Where we had a little scene that that cropped up out of out of nowhere and then became like a big scene, like Ted Balls and Bowling Green. That bar is now world known as like the place that spawned all this indie rock but I think that's the, uh, the evolution of culture has been a lot of like bands like that uh, coming about because of your like pop idols and all of that yeah the assumption that the way you become a pop star is you go on TV and you sing in front of three pricks who you fucking hate who shouldn't be judging anyone yeah, that's a terrible thing no but the thing is with that is then maybe in your bigger cities but you take somewhere like Bowling you take somewhere like Louisville yeah. It pretends to be a big city, but you're not. Um, it's four kids, four kids in a garage. This is the Paul pisses off everyone podcast. Come, come and fight me. Come, come at him, Louisville. Come at, come me, at Louisville. him. Is, He's calling you. you out. You're gonna take that, Louisville. I'm gonna knock you out with one punch, or you're gonna beat the shit out of me. Yeah. He's having a word with the whole city. Tell them where they can meet you at, Paul. Give them a date and time. All right, you can meet me, London. 
in about a month when I'm going to be there. London, I'm Kentucky, gonna... at the Peddlers. No, 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 no. Okay, I'm sorry. London, UK. <laughs> in about a month when I go back and get all my boys, I'll meet you there. Your Tickets crew? are about fifteen hundred dollars. You crew over there waiting for you. You got a crew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's that's the other thing. It was that period in my life was, uh, you know, friendships were forged. Yeah. It's like all of my friends I've known since school, which was twenty-two years ago. We left. Um, some of them are into music. Some of them are not. Some of them are into art. Some of them are not. Yeah. Uh, but as our clan went, as our group of friends who, you know, would go out and get shit kicked out of us by other groups of lads or be doing it. I never did it, by the way. I'm right, no, never. Definitely not like that. But I wouldn't think so. Uh, they all know what Park Life is. They all know Park Life, the album, which is quite a telling thing about you know, cool. putting something like that. That's a good way to end it. Yeah.